Save big money when you start your next project today at Menards. Convert your current recessed lighting with energy-saving LED downlights from Fight Electric. They're bright and install easily in just minutes. They also go from regular lighting to nightlight mode with just a simple flip of a switch. Save big on all Fight Lighting products now at Menards. Shop our lighting options today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. Today's episode of the Energy Newsbeat podcast is brought to you by Inveris. The energy industry faces massive challenges every day, and the events over the last two years have caused huge disruptions like never before. Companies in the energy industry need actionable intelligence and a single source of truth that brings all the data together. Inveris is the energy specialized technology partner that provides intelligent connections for a global energy ecosystem. Only Inveris has the analytics, people, experience, and industry scope to connect the right data and information information in the right way to discover missed opportunities and deliver fast outcomes. Find out more at Inveris.com. That's E-N-V-E-R-U-S.com. Hello, everybody. Today's not only a great day, it's Friday. But more importantly, I have a fantastic guest stopping by the Energy Newsbeat podcast. My name is Stu Turley, President and CEO of the Sandstone Group. And I've got not only the David Callahan, I've got the Dave Callahan from the Marcellus Coal uh, Shale Coalition. And uh, you're the president over there, aren't you, Dave? That's correct, Stu. But first of all, thank you very, very much for having me here today. Uh, I love your podcast, love your coordination with other podcasters and looking forward to a great conversation. Well, I'll tell you what, thank you again. And and I have really enjoyed, I feel like I know you because I've followed every, I'm, I almost feel like I'm uh, one of the groupies, you know, hanging around and, you know, the old sixties, you know, throwing the hats and everything to you on the stage as you're out, you are traveling around spreading the goodness of the internet, uh, energy, uh, us energy, and you're sitting right on top of the Marcellus, uh, shale. Tell us a little bit about the Marcellus Shale just as a formation. Sure. The, well, it's not just the Marcellus, it's the Marcellus and Utica. Uh, Utica. We're, we're doubly blessed in this region <laughs> to have uh, Marcellus and Utica, not just in PA, but in a bit of uh, Ohio and West Virginia. Uh, I concentrate primarily on PA, but we do a lot of work with our colleagues in Ohio and West Virginia. But, um, you know, the formation itself is among the largest, if not the largest producing, the largest basin in the world. In terms of production, uh, the basin, again, extending beyond PA into Ohio and West Virginia, uh, we rank number one in America and number three in the world. And uh, we're just, you know, to use a tired term, we're, we're scratching the surface. We could be doing so much more. Uh, we have some needs out there to really, really uh, fully tap the potential of this tremendous resource. And, you know, for your listeners, we're, we're, we're getting not just dry gas, the methane that, that we all need for, for heating and manufacturing, uh, power production and more, getting natural gas liquids, very valuable natural gas liquids. Uh, ethane, propane, butane, isobutane, pentanes, and more. And we've developed significant infrastructure in processing and fractionation plants in the region, specialized NGL pipelines uh, to get the product where it's needed. Wow. You know, 
with the energy crisis that we have going on, what a blessing to have all of that right there. Um, I was kind of nosing around on the Marcellus, and there's trillions, trillions of BTUs under there. I mean, I don't know. How, I mean, it, I don't think we even know how big the actual field is, do we? We don't. And obviously that changes due to technology, due to investment. But, you know, the right. safest way to summarize it is to say we have generations of supply right. available to us. We just need wow. the right policies in place to tap it, the right infrastructure to get it to market. You know, um, natural gas is making such a, a talking point, uh, such a big one, because the energy crisis is horrible right now. Uh, the EU has just shot itself in the foot. And I think the blast is getting us, you know, the side blast, because uh, the East Coast has to buy LNG from outside uh, of the U.S. market. Can you tell us what I'm kind of teeing up a little bit because the Mars, you are so involved with all these things, working with po politicians and trying to really solve the problem. We're only eight hours away, about 300 miles, I guess, from Pennsylvania to the east. I mean, to the east coast, we could save power. We could save the environment up there. Tell us what you got going on to do that. Sure. Um, we could certainly talk about the global situation, but concentrating on New England domestically does make a lot of sense. They're power hungry. They're, they're natural gas hungry. They, they don't have adequate supplies. When, as you suggest, we're just several hours away. You know, it's rather remarkable that we're talking about one of the most advanced economies, if not the most advanced economies in the world. And yet we have um, FERC, and other and, and jurisdictional utilities up in New right. England talking about barely making it through the winter or not making it through the winter with inadequate supplies. Right. What we need is something that's been rejected several times over, and that's right. pipes to increase supplies up to New England. They're paying sky high prices for power. They're paying sky high prices for natural gas because they're competing with global customers right. for natural gas, not just on the product. But on the tankers that are very busy and, and all, all wrapped up trying to right. keep Europe warm, keep the lights on in Europe, keep right. the factories going in Europe, keep the chemical facilities going yeah. in Europe as well. So New England, rather than looking toward, uh, looking southward and right. uh, tapping the, the great supplies that we've talked about here in Pennsylvania, right. they're left importing uh, natural gas from other nations. And, you know, as we yeah. saw during a couple of the cold snaps from Russia. Uh, in, in a couple of instances. It makes no sense. And they do have some accomplices in this. Uh, the state of New York has been a willing accomplice in this in denying a few of the uh, the Federal Clean Water Act certifications that are necessary for pipelines to traverse right. certain waters. Uh, uh, this just boggles my mind. I mean, okay, when you take a look at those, the LNG transports, uh, you know, we have great gasification facilities here on the uh, U.S. We uh, are selling LNG. It's turning natural gas from what used to be a seasonal um, market to it's going to we're going to sell everything we possibly can. And the only limitation is how fast we can gas. I mean, uh, liquefy it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we've seen in Europe, they're, they're taking great steps, making great leaps uh, right. technologically, policy wise, you name it. 
to um, put the necessary infrastructure in place. Uh, Just this week, I saw a news report from Europe indicating that there was a, a, a massive pipeline being constructed in Germany that would have taken eight years to permit They're permitting it literally in the blink of an eye (laughs) to get that pipeline to the shoreline so that then they could start accepting even more natural gas. And, you know, to a point that you made about New England, not just natural gas, meaning, you know, the commodity, clean natural gas, very clean natural gas, cleaner, much cleaner than what they were getting from Russia before. You know, and and by the time you we think about if you want to talk about saving the planet, by the time you put it on an LNG tanker, take come it all the way across the pond, or in Russia's case, you know they've now got the uh, oh the oh I can't remember what it's called, but they've now got the Northern Pass with uh, nuclear tankers and nuclear reactors running across over and selling the natural gas and oil over to China. Um, when and when you when you take a look at why don't we ship it in a sealed pipeline, less emissions? And I'm over here preaching to you. I'm like, where do we go? How do we? Sorry. What we need, we need, we need common sense in policy at, at the state level where the, this industry has traditionally been regulated. And, right. and at the federal level, you know, seeing as how the federal government is taking more and more of an active role in regulating, if not hindering the industry. We need common sense. Um, Something that you might've heard me say before, maybe I've said it too often, but you know, when you, when we think about our energy needs and when we think about our energy policy needs, we have to think about price reliability. Uh, We have to look at the sustainability factor, the environmental impacts and much more. And you can't just look at any one of those factors. You have to look at all of them. And natural gas checks all those boxes. Natural gas yes. is is a logical, common sense solution to right. many of the problems that we're facing in terms of the energy crunch. Um, and I, I, I apologize, Dave, I don't know this, but when you take a look at the pipelines coming for it, the LNG uh, regasification is in Boston, if I remember correctly. And so we have decent pipelines going from Boston uh, outward. Would the pipelines only have to come from the Marcellus to Boston? I believe that's that's certainly one of the places, you know, there there are city gates located throughout New England and throughout the northeastern United States where, you know, I'm I'm not an interstate pipeline executive. I can't tell you exactly where it needs to go, but uh, certainly you would think the infrastructure is there. However, they also do have a lot of heating oil uh, up in New England as well, where natural gas hasn't reached, uh, just as we're not reaching every home and business here in Pennsylvania in the heart of the Marcellus, too. There's still work to be done to extend the distribution as well. You know, uh, just the flat uh, common sense. I love your common sense. Where in the world do we get common sense? You know, you always sit back and uh, my granddad was a uh, farmer and common sense on the farm was either you, you know. That was horse sense, I believe, is what they called that. Yeah, horse sense. And uh, I learned a lot from him. Yeah, I also learned how to work, which is missing in a lot of folks these days. But we'll leave that for another story with (laughs) the other podcast. Yeah, Yeah, it's for the other fun podcast. But besides going out, what can people do? Contact their representatives, contact you. How do we support the Marcellus Shale Coalition? 
Well, that first of all, thank you for, for offering that up. They could certainly look at any of our social media channels. We're on LinkedIn. I'm personally on LinkedIn. Our organization is. We're on Facebook. Look at our, our website. You could join uh, an advocacy group called United Shale Advocates to talk with legislators. Nice. But more than anything else, more than anything else. Right. They can look beyond the headline and we we offer good, solid, fact-based information right. so that people can look beyond the headlines and understand those common sense solutions, understand what's yep. behind the current energy crisis, understand to the degree, which is a large degree, that government policies are right. exacerbating the current uh, energy crisis. And once they're armed with a bit of common sense, a bit of information, right. tell their friends, tell their colleagues. Right. Simple as that. Yeah, it's not like the old saying, tell your friends, tell your friends again, and then tell them again, instead of vote early, vote often. You know, I don't know how that one goes. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, you know, when you sit back and you take a look, education and standing up for common sense. Um, do you know Chris uh, Wright over at Liberty? He is uh, he is the CEO over there. I love his passion for elevating humanity out of poverty and natural gas is critical. Low cost, sustainable energy is critical and it is the lowest cost. The world is now using more coal than it was. It's because of the the high price of putting in grids with renewables and not properly done. Let's use all forms of it, you know, energy. Let's Uh, use everything. They're they're anywhere from two to three billion people in the world who who suffer from energy poverty that, you know, that could be they can't afford the energy or they have inadequate access to energy or the energy they're using is harmful to their health. Be amazed at what some people in some countries are cooking with and how detrimental it is to their health. Natural gas, because it is portable, because it is clean, because it's reliable, can help meet their energy needs and help bring them out of energy poverty. There's There's a great, not just opportunity, but obligation to help economies grow, to help better the lives of billions, billions of people worldwide. You know, and I, I love the idea of your your discussion points. I've heard you talk with other folks, being a stalker than I am of you. And, and, and it is fun to hear your conversations with folks talking about being able to bridge that technology into the future. And, and that is one of the things that I, I truly appreciate of your messaging. Now, on the the wet gas with the propane, I mean, with uh, all of the other goodness that comes out of there, that is incredible. All the rural, think about how much propane is out there for the rural homes and, and everything else. That usually gets trucked around. And it seems to me that it would be better to also pipeline that up. But boy, I, it's kind of funny. I just had uh, all three of my tanks filled up a few minutes ago <laughs> before we started. I love propane. Well, the, the natural gas liquids, primarily, you know, ethane, propane, butane, isobutane, pentanes, they can be shipped by various means. And in some instances, it's more advantageous to use a truck, to use rail, to use pipeline. But here's the thing. Those products are desperately needed in this country for the world in which we live in. You know, the computer, all the equipment you have in front of you, all made of plastic. The car that you drive, you know, many, many, many plastic components that allow it to achieve a reasonable um, mileage standard, as well as for electric vehicles themselves. 
electric vehicles have to be as light as possible and plastic helps make that happen. And let's not forget about medical care. Right. Modern medicine would not be possible without the products that, that we can make from right. natural gas liquids. Yeah, just remember that next time you go in and have a surgery or have a lung removed, you know, it's <laughs> like John Wayne. I can't believe that old John Wayne had a lung removed and he still made movies. <laughs> I mean, that, that is one tough cookie. Um, I certainly was. <laughs> and we could use more John Waynes right now. Now, what's next coming around for the coalition? What is the next thing coming around? What are you focused on in Q4? Well, we're, we're focused on a lot of things right now. Obviously, the elections uh, have just taken place as we record this the Friday after the election. Uh, here in Pennsylvania, we'll be dealing with, uh, you know, divided General Assembly. Uh, the Senate uh, is, is looking to be Republican. The House is up in the air. It could go either way. Uh, we have a newly elected governor. Um, and so what's different? What's the same? Here's the thing. Uh, regardless of who's in control. Right. What we need, again, going back to that common sense uh, 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 trope, what we need is for Democrats and Republicans to work together to represent their constituents because their constituents want low cost, reliable, sustainable energy. Exactly. Um, so let's all get to work on that for us. Um, you know, looking at whether it's, you know, fully R, fully D, half R, half D. Yeah. Our message remains the same. Our tactics remain the same supplying good, solid, fact-based information that right. people can use, people can understand, that people can stand up for and stand behind. That's nice. Are you going to adapt to the new dress code in the uh, Senate? <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't wear a tie today and didn't wear a coat. I see you have a coat. so uh, No, I was talking about the fact. I, 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 I certainly, I know where you're coming <laughs> That was called a pivot, my friend. That was oh, called a pivot. I was, I, I'm sorry. I'm too stupid. I want to go ahead and just drag it out of you there. But uh, I wonder if uh, that is going to take hold in the Senate, because that's that's a real tough one. I, I'm, I can't wait to see if he shows up there. So we'll, we'll well, regardless of how he's attired, um, I, I, I certainly, uh, you know, I, I, I liked a statement that he said when asked about if he supports fracking. Now, we all know. Fracking is just one part of our, our of the process of right. developing. But in, in my words, I interpreted him as saying, I support the natural gas industry. And um, uh, I'd like to hold him up to that. And I don't it's just like you said, I don't care about wind, solar. I don't care what we use. Let's get the low cost out there. I don't care if you're Republican, Democrat. I don't care what political affiliation. We have the disproportionately impacted communities. We have all of the citizens of the U.S. We got to get out of this energy crisis. Yeah. You know, and we have to allow technology to continue to develop and we can't allow the government to stifle technological advances in any of those industries. Yeah. It's what's gotten us to the point where we are today. You know, to think that, you know, 40 years ago, no one, perhaps some people had a dream of, of tapping, you know, reserves of natural gas by drilling down vertically and then extending out horizontally. But I don't know if they were thinking of going out two and three miles. You know, that's oh, no. just unheard of. Uh, unbelievable. And um, it, it, this kind of brought me up to a separate little point is I just saw that they are um, bringing in a bunch of the uh, EPA's releasing a, a whole new set of legislation. But legislation through regulation is happening. How can you help talk to the EPA or any of these other folks? Because legislation is is where it's at. 
but how can you stop it? Because if we're in a, a dead duck, is it a dead lame duck, not dead duck? <laughs> if we're in a lame duck environment, how do you work with the uh, agencies in order to stop or help change the legislation? Uh, well, maybe you're talking about the methane regs that were just released, uh, you know, methane regs dot two that were just released this morning. We're we're, we're yeah. still going through them. You know, I, it's I rather difficult that. to comment on 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 multi, multi, multi page proposal. You know, five minutes after they come out, we're going to go through them with a fine tooth comb. Right. Um, but we're also going to be proud about sharing that. We've done a great job in this industry yes. uh, with methane emissions. And in this particular region we have, this region up in Appalachia has the uh, lowest methane intensity in the United States and among, if not the lowest in the world as well. So right. we want to make sure that those regulations are workable, they're right. efficient, uh, and that they allow the technology to continue to develop at its own pace to allow that methane intensity to go even lower. You know, since you tried to use, Dave, some uh, Teflon on me when I was asking you about the new dress code, I threw that out there knowing that you already had that looking because I know that when something like that drops, you're already on it. So I kind of tested you a little bit there, Paul. Thank you. And that was a great, great thing because uh, I just looked at it and about threw up because there's so much there that I was afraid I was going to have to like spend the whole weekend reading it. I'll just wait and steal your material. <laughs> <laughs> well, whatever we come out with in, in comments, you know, you, you asked about what people can do. Our comments will be posted on our website. Whenever we issue comments, we put them out there. Right. Again, we hold ourselves to a very high standard. We know that our industry is right. held to a very high standard. We back up everything that we say. Fantastic. Well, Dave, thank you so much for doing this. And I, I just I had a lot of fun and I am I can't wait to have you back because I know the regulatory process, legislation through regulations, everything else. I want to hear what happens that you've got going on in Q1 or Q2 after things all kind of settled back down because we'll need an update. Uh, I always available, Stu. It went by way too quickly and looking forward to doing it again. Sounds great. Thanks. Talk to you soon. Thank you. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.